And we're now going to turn to God's Word, and we're going to be reading from Psalm chapter 28. So if you would like to open your Bibles there with me. Psalm chapter 28, and we'll read the whole chapter, starting at verse 1. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbours while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Thanks, Cam. Well, let's, uh, let's come before God in prayer, shall we? Uh, Lord God, we do thank you that we have this time now to have your word opened, uh, to think about uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus in this world and all the, uh, the challenges and the exciting things that we face in it. And Father, we pray this morning that you would uh, give us attentiveness to what you are saying. And that your spirit would be at work in our hearts and in our minds, uh, and that you would shape us for your purposes. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, this morning, uh, just to recap, uh, is the final on our series for this year called Got Questions, uh, where we are considering some of the questions which we as a church have raised, uh, things that we wanted to explore from God's Word. And today, we are looking at the issue of smartphones and devices and social media. And I've entitled it, uh, Dangerous Distractions. Uh, To be honest, this has really been a a topic and a sermon and a preparation uh, that has particularly challenged me. Uh, I may have said this before, but a couple of years ago when I was on one of my Arrow uh, training retreats, we had a, a, a fast day, both physical and technological fasting, 24 hours. Um, I did the food uh, easier than I did the technology. Uh, I couldn't believe how many times I reached down for my pocket for a phone uh, that wasn't there. Uh, It really made me think about how much, how many times in a 24-hour period I will pull out my phone, I will check this, that, and the next thing, I'll check my emails, uh, I will check social media, uh, and on it goes. Uh, now, why, why would we do a sermon on this? Well, you probably have to have your head under a rock uh, to not realize that this is something incredibly different that we face in our world and in our society today than what we did even 10 years ago. Uh, if you read the blurb for this morning's message, you'll see some of the stats that I had there. Uh, smartphone ownership has reached 86% in Australia. 
uh, 93% for those in the age bracket of 18 to 25. Uh, 79% of all Australians have a social media account of one form or another, and that is still on the rise. Now, I've read a number of articles uh, in preparing for today, uh, but one in particular that has been helpful uh, is an article by, in the U.S. by a lady called Jean Twinge. Um, uh, she has been studying generational changes, generational trends for 25 years. And I uh, actually posted a link to that article on Facebook this morning. And yes, I get the irony in doing that uh, as well. Uh, she writes in her article, Around 2012, I noticed abrupt shifts in teen behaviors and emotional states. In all my analysis of generational data, some reaching back into the 1930s, I had never seen anything like it. The experience they have every day are radically different from those of the generation that came of age just a few years before them. The twin rise of the smartphone and social media has caused an earthquake of a magnitude we have not seen for a very long time, if ever. There is compelling evidence that the devices we have placed in young people's hands are having a profound effect on their lives and making them seriously unhappy. So why uh, do this topic? Uh, some of us here, some of you, this doesn't include me, uh, are growing up with what is known as iGen. Uh, those who are born after 1995. Uh, you have a special place in history because you have become teenagers with iPhones around. Uh, you don't know a world without the internet. And so you are facing a life and a way of communicating and living that is so completely different from any other generation before you. And in that, you and all of us are being called to live lives to the glory of God. And that includes how we use social media and how we use our devices and our phones. Now, I don't want to just pick on you because there are others of us here who are not iGen, but we have adapted to this new age very, very quickly and easily. Uh, we are facing the same struggles, the same issues, the same concerns that everybody else is. We need to consider how it is shaping and impacting our lives, and not only that, we need to think about the examples that we are setting for others. Uh, some of us here are parents, uh, caregivers, grandparents, or will be parents uh, to young people who are growing up in a different world, in a different age than what we did. And we have the God-given duty and responsibility not just to raise uh, children to be healthy and active, but to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And that includes how to be disciples with this thing in our hands. And in our minds. Now I realize that as I say this, for some of us, uh, it barely touches uh, our lives at all. But I want to suggest that it's still really important. Because it helps us know how we can pray for others. You know, part of being a body at church together means that what, what impacts one impacts the whole. Uh, what one person is struggling with, the rest of the church feels. And so it knows, it helps us understand how we pray for, encourage, uh, nurture, get along with 
uh, people who are growing up in a very different time and age. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Well, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at um, three uh, different passages from Scripture. Uh, And each of these three open up a different theme or a different biblical uh, topic, uh, which I think impacts the way that we view uh, devices, social media, uh, the internet, and helps shape how we as followers of Jesus are going to use them and interact with them. And the first one is that psalm which Cam read for us before. And so if you've got it open, it would be really good to have a really quick look at it. Uh, psalm 28 is known uh, is one of what is known, sorry, is a psalm of uh, what is called lament. Uh, it's a psalm of complaint, really. Uh, look, at, look at what's going on there. It's a psalm uh, where David is crying out to God for help. He's calling out to God for say, to save him. He says that he's in the pit. Uh, he needs mercy. He needs help. Uh, he recognizes that there are enemies of his own and enemies of God's people out there. And so he prays for God to act accordingly. Uh, he, 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 he prays that God, uh, in the midst of that, will take down evil uh, and rebellion. And then in verse five, 6, it changes tact. And he rejoices in God for his goodness and his rescue, uh, that God give him strength, that God helped him. And then he prays that God will keep saving and rescuing his people. It's a psalm of lament, uh, complaint, uh, which then results in a psalm of praise and thanksgiving to God for his rescue. Now, why is this relevant? Uh, Look, should we be lamenting uh, over smartphones? Should we be praying for God to bring down the internet? Um, No, that's not where we're going uh, with this. Uh, Hear me out, hear me out here. Uh, There are lots of reasons, but two key reasons why I and many others uh, pull out our our phones. Um, One of them is boredom. You You notice that? As soon as we have a down moment, what do we do? Ah, I'll just check my phone for a few minutes. You notice people get on the train, on the bus, uh, waiting for anything, waiting for the fish and chips to arrive. Everyone pulls out their phone. What have we done? We have taken away all opportunities for boredom and reflection. We don't give ourselves time to think about anything anymore. What's the second reason why we take out our phones? Because we are experiencing some form of pain. Because there is something uncomfortable going on and we want to distract ourselves from it. What we have done is we have taken away opportunities to think, reflect, to feel, and particularly to experience pain. What's going on in Psalm 28 and other Psalms of Lament? And it is almost uncomfortable how many of these Psalms there is, uh, in, in the, how many of these types of Psalms that there are. There's, there's lots of them, which seem to be a common experience of God's people. What's going on here? There is an experience of hardship and difficulty for the person who follows God, who knows God. They are experiencing a time of trial and difficulty that comes from considering life 
and the world going on around them. And what does it do? It draws them back to God. It draws them to cry out to God for help. It calls them to pray and to trust God and to look to God to help, to rescue, for salvation, for hope, for life, for everything. We get this idea when we read through these types of Psalms that pain is good for discipleship. It's useful because it it takes our eyes and it turns them to the one who gives us hope and strength. What are we so often doing when we take out our phones? We are taking away opportunities to think and to contemplate. We are taking away opportunities to experience hurt and pain that could drive us to Christ. And the irony is, is in the midst of doing that, we are becoming unhappier and unhappier in life. Uh, Here's some research on that issue. Uh, The research, uh, teens who spend uh, more time than average on screen activities are more likely to be unhappy, and those who spend more time than average on non-screen activities are more likely to be happy. There is not a single exception. All screen activities are linked to happiness, and less happiness, sorry, missed the word, uh, and all non-screen activities are linked to more happiness. Uh, year eights who spend 10 or more hours a week on social media are 56% more likely to say they're unhappy than those who devote less time to social media. Uh, teenagers' feelings of loneliness spiked in 2013 and have remained high ever since. So if we're one of those people uh, who takes out our phone uh, to avoid a time of down thinking, contemplation, pain and hurt, uh, we are doing ourselves a massive disservice. Uh, We are depriving ourselves of some of the very best times that God can be at work in our lives drawing us to him and hope that is found in Christ. If we develop a habit where we just do it every time, uh, we are developing habits where we stop feeling anything. And those feelings that we do have are muted and depressed. Okay, that's the first uh, passage that we want to have a look at, and that's Psalm 28. The second is also from the Old Testament. And if you want to turn with me to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16. <coughs> uh, God had his law written on a tablet, but there are no laws about tablets. Father's Day, I can do a dad's joke. Thank you. Here every night, stay for the veal. Uh, all right, what do we got going on here? Deuteronomy chapter 16. Have a look there. Just have a look at the, the kind of the titles that you've got there. Uh, you've got some instructions for Israel entering into the promised land. Uh, how to celebrate, first of all, the Passover, uh, starting from verse 1. Then in verse 9, the Feast of Weeks, another celebration. Uh, then in verse 13, the Feast of Booths. Reading from verse 16. <coughs> 
Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. What's happening here? Well, there's lots of things happening here, but one of the things that is happening here, God is building into the life of Israel, the pattern of Israel, regular times for rest. If you read some of these instructions again and again, it says, on those days you shall do no work. Well, why would God do that? Because we are built, we are designed for rest. That's the pattern that God sets up in creation, isn't it? Six days work, one day of rest. That's what God's doing here with Old Testament Israel. It's not just work, work, work. Six days work, one day's rest. Weeks at a time where you take on to rest and recuperate, recharge and renew. What do we find Jesus doing? We find Jesus taking time out from the crowds to rest, to spend time with his heavenly Father. Uh, We find Jesus promising rest to people who come to him. Now, uh, why uh, is this relevant? Uh, Rest, rest comes to us in lots of different forms. And uh, rest is not just one thing or another. Uh, Sometimes, well, rest is sleep, isn't it? We all know that we need regular sleep to be rested, to be able to work and function well. Uh, Sometimes rest uh, is time spent by ourselves. Uh, Sometimes rest is time spent doing something uh, recreative, uh, something with our hands, something that's different, making something. Sometimes rest is social, uh, spending time with with other people. That's a part of rest as well. Uh, Sometimes uh, rest is exercise, physical um, exercise. Sometimes it's times of, of doing nothing. Now, how does this work with devices and social media and the like? What, what devices promise us, what they allure us with, is that they are giving us times of rest. Downtime. Time to check out and time to recharge a little bit. But the research (laughs) would suggest that they are doing exactly the opposite. They are making minds, which should be resting, even more and more active throughout the day and on into the night. They don't allow us to sleep properly. Uh, 57% of teenagers... Uh, in the U.S., more sleep-deprived in 2015 than in 1991. From 2012 to 2025, uh, the increased teenagers who failed to get seven hours of sleep increased by tw- more than 22%. Uh, children who use a media device right before bed are more likely to sleep less than they should, more likely to sleep, to sleep poorly, and more likely to be twice as twice as likely to be sleepy during the day. They are stopping us from getting the physical rest that we are designed to have. Uh, Not only are they stopping physical sleep, uh, they are stopping or inhibiting times of social interaction. It's an irony because we call these things social media. They're meant to connect us more. Listen to this. 
uh, in 2015, uh, grade 12s were going out less often than grade 8s used to in 2009. What are they doing? They are in their rooms on their devices connecting wirelessly rather than seeing each other socially. Now, uh, interestingly, um, the research has actually shown that smart devices uh, have actually caused a decrease in teenage sexual activity. Uh, incredibly, uh, the birth rate for teenage, the teenage pregnancy rate in the US uh, it is at its lowest point um, in recorded history. Uh, there is one case for giving every 13-year-old an iPhone, um, but maybe not uh, quite where we'd want to go. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay, where were we? All right. Uh, what's the saying? Um, we need downtime. We need time to rest. Uh, we need time for physical activity. Uh, God's designed us with a whole lot of different ways of recharging. Uh, many of us, or some of us maybe, many of us, are looking for those devices and those social medias to do that for us. Uh, and they are failing abysmally in that task. Uh, we are more stressed, less rested, less sleep, less of the social interaction that we, ch uh, that we crave, less likely to do physical activity than we ever have been before. We are not getting the rest that God designed us to have. All right, thirdly and final passage I want to have a look to, we're jumping over into the New Testament uh, to the book of Philippians. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. I'm just going to read one verse there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, uh, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is of, if there is, sorry, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What's it saying? Fill your mind, fill your life with what is good, what is praiseworthy, what is honorable, what is just, what is upbuilding, uh, what is encouraging. Now, what, what are those things? Well, of course, of course, uh, one of them is the Word of God itself, isn't it? Of course, we had to fill our mind with God's Word. And if some of us were to compare uh, how much time we spend filling our mind with other things on the internet than what we spend in God's Word, um, we would be extremely convicted. If we thought about at the end of the day how much time we'd spent filling our mind with God's Word and what the other rubbish that we filled it with, uh, we, would, we would be quite embarrassed for that to be made public. Um, if we are wasting minutes, hours at a time, uh, we are taking it from somewhere else. Uh, there's a pretty high chance that one of the places we're taking that is from our opening reading, considering God's Word. And not only are we depriving ourselves of what is good, 
what is excellent, what is praiseworthy, but we are so often, not always, but so often filling our mind with what is meaninglessness and what is rubbish. But I want to suggest that it goes wider than this as well. Uh, To fill our minds with what is true and honorable and good and pure is more than just God's word. It's filling our minds and our lives with the good gifts that God has given us. It's enjoyment of life as God intended it to be enjoyed and experienced. To fill our minds with what is good is to fill our minds with times of work. Work is a good gift from God. Work, when it finds its proper place in our lives, is good, wholesome, excellent for us. And it's good to be engaged in it and occupied with it. Uh, How often are we distracting ourselves from work uh, with a little 10 minutes or two hours uh, here and there uh, on Google, uh, chasing things down a rabbit hole, uh, watching clips on YouTube. Uh, work is a good gift. It's a good thing to occupy our minds with. Uh, not so good when it gets interrupted by a round of Candy Crush. Uh, to fill our minds with what is good is to fill our minds with time spent with family, with wives and husbands and kids. Um, we've all seen that situation, haven't we? Uh, of kids at the playground, uh, exploring, doing new things, uh, showing off to mum and dad, um, who only look up long enough to take the photo uh, of them doing it. Uh, and if we were honest and asked for a raise of hands, Uh, Many of us would find ourselves uh, in that same category, and me included. How many times do we see couples or families at a cafe, um, and everybody has their own device open uh, and scrolling through it? We have something good from God right in front of us that we can fill our minds and our hearts with. And yet we're shutting it down to fill our minds with something else. Uh, To fill our minds with what is good is to fill our minds with Christian fellowship. With relationships, friendships, uh, good quality relationships with other followers of Jesus. Uh, Social media uh, has led us to believe that we have hundreds and hundreds of friends. Um, Where in reality, many of us would struggle to find a few really, really close people. Uh, We have substituted uh, quality friendships, even Christian friendships, of encouragement and nurture and praying for each other and knowing what is going on in each other's lives deeply, to knowing lots of little bits about lots of people and only what they really want us to know. It is good to fill our minds with Christian fellowship. It is upbuilding and encouraging, and yet we choose something else. 
To fill our minds with what is good is to fill our minds with beauty, with art, with the creation and creativity around about us. Uh, To view the world that God has created. Uh, To see wonderful things uh, that people created in the image of God have have made. Uh, And yet how many times do we drive, hopefully not driving, but in the passenger seat, um, and we just don't see what goes past us because our heads are down and our attention is somewhere else. Now, can these things come through a smartphone? Can we see creation and beauty and art? Can we have genuine Christian friendships? Can we spend time in God's Word on our devices? Sure we can. Absolutely. Is that what we're usually doing? Uh, Probably not. Um, To be honest, this sermon ended up a whole lot more negative than it was intended to. Um, I won't apologize. I'll just put it out there. Uh, Is it all negative? Uh, Of course it's not. Um, There is good, healthy, proper use of devices, of phones, of social media. It does allow us to genuinely stay in touch with some people and, and, and keep relationships going when physical distance could make that impossible. There are apps that are healthy and good, apps for reading the newspaper, apps for uh, watching the news, apps for reading your Bible. Um, these, of course, are good things. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to re- show or demonstrate some apps um, that are really helpful in personal devotions for, for adults and for teenagers. Um, it can be used as a witness. You can get on social media and you can be a wonderful witness. I don't see many good examples of it, but apparently you can, uh, you can do it. Um, but the question we've got to ask is, are we using it as a gift or are we using it as a God? Is it a gift, a good gift from God to be received and used wisely uh, under the guidance of God's Word and His Holy Spirit? Or is it shaping, controlling, uh, giving us the direction of our lives? Are we looking for our devices to do something for us that only God can do? To give us rest. Uh, to deal with pain, uh, to help us navigate through life? Are we looking to them uh, for uh, hope and joy and peace, um, which really should only be found in Jesus Christ? Uh, For some of us, uh, it may well be that these things have uh, become a God to us, an addiction, um, and that needs to be dealt with. It needs to be dealt with first by a change of heart. Uh, To know the wonderful gift that we have from God in Jesus Christ. Uh, To know our hope and our security that's found in Him. Can I suggest, uh, I'm just going to wrap up with this. Three questions to ask when you take out your device. You don't have to ask all three, maybe just ask one of them each time. If you're writing notes, even if you're not, three things to write down. Why am I doing this? Uh, what, why, am I, why am I jumping online at this moment? If it's to avoid 
dealing with something else? Um, ask the question, is this the right time to do it? If I'm doing this to avoid pain, to avoid awkwardness, to avoid thinking, uh, can I suggest that that's not the right time? Secondly, ask, um, what am I not doing because I am doing this? What am I not doing because I am doing this? Am I not working when I should be working? Uh, am I not resting when I should be resting? Am I not interacting with people when I should be interacting? What am I not doing because I am doing this? And third question, could I be filling my mind with something better? Uh, could I be feasting on, meditating on, interacting with something that is going to encourage, strengthen, mature, and grow me uh, better than this would? I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray that God gives us uh, wisdom. Let's pray together.